Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marquecho, and you're listening to episode 50. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Katie Westenberg. Katie is a wife, mom, and fervent follower of Christ, growing faithfully right alongside her four children. As both an author and speaker, she teaches women to grow a robust theology of who God is, become students of scripture, and learn to live that truth out with courage. She is the author of I Choose Brave, and she makes her home in the lovely Pacific Northwest. Welcome, Katie. Okay, thank you for having me. Yeah, congrats on your book. I know we were just chatting about it, but for listeners, uh, I Choose Brave is new to the world as of recent, in the last month, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Um, how does it feel to have your, your book out in the world? Um, it feels surprisingly normal. I, I thought this was going to be a big shift, but you know, you work on these projects for a long time behind the scenes. And so um, it's kind of been in my head for the past couple of years but to release it to the world. It kind of seemed like it already happened. So it's, an, I guess, a natural progression. Yeah, that's good. That sounds that sounds yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. um, your book is about being brave and it's about fear. And regardless of who we are or what our story is or where we're at in life, we all deal with different kinds of fears. Some of them might seem silly to us at the time. Some of them are obvious and big and maybe traumatic. Um, there's, you know, we all deal with this stuff. Um, and what I'm excited to dive into is you kind of have a different stance as far as what your messaging is in your book, Katie, and we're going to get into that. But first, could you just fill us in a little bit on your story? Why did you write about this in the first place? Um, how has fear played a role in your life and maybe how it used to affect you and kind of where you're at now? So for the last five or so years, I've been writing a blog called I Choose Brave, always with the tagline, Fear God Lives Brave. And that's something that has been a personal passion of mine in my own life. I want to live with courage and a biblical foundation for courage, not necessarily what the world sells as courage. And um, as we began to study that, it just became, you know, fear is pervasive. I see it in so many women's lives. So I was working with an agent who encouraged me to write about this. And I was actually a little bit too scared to. I thought, that's not a KDE project. That's a C.S. Lewis project. Mm -hmm. um, and so it took me a few months to actually pray about that and talk with my husband about it. And and um, I came to the, the idea, the conclusion, that why wouldn't I want to help women in this process? If this is how I would lead a friend, and if the book becomes a woman talking to women and saying, like, this is what it looks like. This is what I see in scripture. This is what fear is. And this is what it means to fear the Lord. And really just drawing our attention to something that's already there. Then that's something I, I definitely want to do. So that's how the book came about. Okay, cool. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a little bit about... Um, Maybe just like how fear has played a role in your life. Like what does that look like for you over the years, um, different seasons mm -hmm. of your life, um, things that you have feared? Yeah, fear is a really good shape shifter. And so it seems to carry with us and look a little different in different seasons. I would say growing up, I grew up in a, a fantastic Christian home. I would say things mostly happened as I as I had planned. So you think you have some modicum of control over it because they do when they do go as planned. But all of us hit that point where either it's something we chose or something that someone else chose. And we're in this situation 
where something becomes really scary. So for me, the first real time beyond dealing with the questions of what am I going to do when I leave home? What do I want to do in college? Am I going to find a spouse? All of those questions, which have a certain amount of fear and expectation that come with them. But it was when I was pregnant with my first daughter and I found myself in a high risk pregnancy and a pregnancy, we were not trying to get pregnant at that time. So the whole thing was unexpected and um, very complicated from the very beginning. And then as that progressed, the complications progressed. And that's when I noticed fear just surge into my life that I had never dealt with, I never expected and never processed before. So that was my first time confronting fear head on. Mm-hmm. So what happened? What did? How did that play out for you? Um, not perfectly. So this is the storyline I follow through the book and a little bit in each chapter on the story of the high-risk pregnancy. And ultimately, she was stillborn at 21 weeks gestation. And um, But it's not a story of how I how my faith was perfect through this. And this is a battle plan of how you do it. It's just the honest struggle of when we are stuck in fear and how pervasive that is, how that impacts how we look at other things and how fragile we hold everything and how we grasp for control of other things. And really, the story is intended to be conduit through which we see his mercy because one of the interesting things was a couple of years ago, I was speaking and after it was one of the few times I'd actually told this story of my daughter and after I got done speaking a woman came up to me and said I know exactly what you're talking about my husband died of cancer last year which is so fascinating to me because the stories we tend to think our stories are so unique and so different and nobody gets it mm-hmm. but I believe God gives us stories to connect like we see his grace and his faithfulness and his patience and our grief through it so for her to say that it just made me understand the power of story and that how he uses it as conduit for us to understand his goodness. So that's kind of how my fears relate to a perspective of what we deal with when we're, when we are fearing. Yeah, no, definitely. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Like we all feel mm-hmm. these things. Um, right. That's a good point. So in your book and kind of the stance you, you take is what if fear is the new brave? Uh, Katie, tell us a little bit about um, kind of what you mean by that. And with that, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question because I have, I've got lots of questions on that. Um, but it's a catchy title because there are, we, we're told and talked, it's spoke about so often how we are to not fear, do not fear and be brave. And that's not only good marketing hype and good home decor, but we see it in scripture. And at the same time, we're also told that we are to fear the Lord. And when I really started studying that in scripture, I noticed how often it's in there and how infrequently it's spoken of. Like mm-hmm. we just kind of breeze past it, but it's almost as many times that we are told who we are to fear versus who we are not to fear. Mm-hmm. So when we unpack that, we realize that fearlessness really isn't the goal. We want to be fearless, but we are called to fear the Lord. So that's not a complete fearlessness. It's a change of direction. So really what we're instructed to do in scripture is to take our eyes off of what is horizontal and redirect our fear toward the only one worthy. So in the book, we take a look at who God is, who is worth fearing, what is fear, and how do we direct that in the way it should be? Yeah, it's funny. I was preparing for this interview the other day. I had you like on my mind and your book on my mind, and I was reading in Proverbs, and I don't know how many times in a row it was like, fear the Lord, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. And I was like, right? okay, she's onto something. But it's something like you don't, like you mentioned earlier, like I feel like it's not something we... I don't know, like you either breeze by it or you think, I don't know. I don't know why it's something we don't talk about more because it's in there a lot. 
Yeah. And that's both my heart and prayer for the book, Becky, is just to be someone who says, hey, take a look at this. Did you notice this? And I feel like it's one of those things, almost when we become pregnant and you look around, it feels like everyone's pregnant or, you know, you get a certain kind of car and you start seeing it everywhere. Like, I want this. It's, I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said, the fear of the Lord is Holy Spirit work. And I'm trusting him to do that. And I, I feel like it's exactly like you said, as soon as you start noticing it, it starts jumping off the page. Oh, wait, it's in Deuteronomy. Oh, wait, uh-huh. it's in Hebrews. Oh, wait, it's in Ecclesiastes. It's everywhere. And so I don't want to miss it. And if women just take the time to slow down and say, well, what are you talking about here? Like, what do you want from me here? I think that's, that's success for the book. That conversation between you and the Lord is everything. Yeah. And I feel like it takes the pressure off because we have this, like, like you said, from society, like put on a brave face, push through it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You're so, you're so brave. And, you know, I, I was actually just writing about this for myself and something I'm working on the other day of like, just the idea of like not being enough. And like society is always like, mm-hmm. you know, you're more than enough. And like, I get that. I get like women empowering women, like you're more than enough. Like I believe that as mm-hmm. far as like human nature goes, but we're not enough. Like that's why God like is in us and lives in us. And I, I think the same, like um, that applies to this whole concept of being brave and like, no, you can do it. You're strong enough. You're brave enough when really mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's, he, he doesn't, we're not. And it's so that we need him. And I just, um, I can definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying. Um, what do you think, Katie, some of like the the pitfalls, the downfalls of women who like try to put on a brave face or attempting to like push through or be fearless? Like how, how do you think those things are affecting women as a whole, like in society, in our everyday lives, in motherhood? Like how do you think those things are affecting us? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we do a couple things. We try to marginalize or minimize our fear and pretend it doesn't exist. So we're just going to like push it down. And um, it's not a big deal. I see a lot of women like trying to talk themselves out of the fear. Okay, so I'm in this high-risk pregnancy, for example. This isn't really a big deal. Um, there are people starving in Africa. We try to do this comparison mm-hmm. game, but it's not, you know, I, I say, for example, if I cut my finger off today, I could change my thoughts and start saying, well, there's some people who cut their whole hand off. Okay, but it still stinks that you cut your finger off, okay? So when we look at the examples like of David in the song, working emotionally through these hard and real and scary things, he's not sitting there like, well, it's not a big deal. I'm going to minimize, minimize it and marginalize it. He's like, this is real. I have enemies here and they're treating me like a dog and it's scary. And where are you, God? And then in that process of lament and grief and frustration and fear, he's redirecting his eyes back to the Lord. So I think when we get in those situations, Becky, where we realize there are real limits to us. I really am scared. This thing that I'm scared of is bigger than me. I can't control what's going on in my womb right now. I could change my diet and stay on bed rest and do all of these things, but I am beyond myself now. So am I going to keep trusting my limit, my limited self, or am I going to look trade my eyes to something so much bigger, so much greater, someone who's still sovereign, someone who's immutable. And I mean, honestly, with the way things are going in our world right now, and all we see that we can't control, I don't think there was ever a better time to turn our eyes to the only one worthy, the only one that is limitless. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 and yes. Um, <laughs> Katie, how would you say then, like, how do we process healthily um, in a way, like how do we take fear and take these things like where we're, we need him and we we're brave only through him. And because we fear the Lord, like mm-hmm. how do we process these hard things in a way that is, I guess, honoring to God, but also like honoring to mm-hmm. our, you know, validating our, our emotions or what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there, there's a process. And again, the Psalms are a, a really great recipe for that. But it becomes being honest with ourselves about where we are. Okay, what am I fearing here? And I, and I talk about in the book how every fear points towards something or someone, right? So if I'm fearing this for my children, if I'm super scared about them going back to school and in this situation, in this environment, and it looks different and I'm just really scared about it, the first question we can ask is what are our fears pointing to? Okay, am I, am I just really in control of the situation? Am I trusting the Lord in those situations? So we can be honest about what's going on here and the reality of it. And then we know how to pivot from there. Because basically, I'm, I'm believing what God says is not true in that moment. One specific example, because it still happens to me. It's not like I've achieved this mm-hmm. um, area where, where it's all perfection. Just when this book was about ready to launch the month beforehand, I was looking at all the work that had to be done and feeling like, oh my goodness, this is just so much. And I, you know, I'm still a mom and I'm still a wife and I still need to do laundry and cook dinner. And how is this going to happen? And at the same time, like it, it, there's a progression. I, this has to be done on this day. So I couldn't just attack it all at once. And so just knowing it's out there was like putting this ball of anxiety in my stomach. And I was talking to a good friend and saying like, I feel this ball of nervousness in my stomach. And is this how it's going to be for the next six weeks? Because that's not really normal for me. That's my, not my MO. And she said, I'm going to ask you one question. What are you believing to be true about God in this moment? And there's nothing like a solid, like a friend to ask you that, to cut right to the chase with you. She's pointing my heart right back to it. And I had to answer that honestly. Gosh, I guess I'm believing he's not going to be enough. He's not enough for my family in this calling. He's not enough to get me through this intense season. And um, admitting those things was really hard and really humbling because I know truth. But sometimes when we stare it down, that's the moment where we can pivot and say, no, I know I'm going to proclaim truth here, even if I don't feel it, because I know this is what is true. And sometimes we have to align our feelings and work at aligning them with what is true and moving forward from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good. That's good advice. And it's good like realization that yes, everything points back to something. Like what is the root of what's going on here? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, Kitty, what do you, when do you feel like you study the Bible? You, you study it fervently. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when do you feel closest to God? When do you feel like you're bravest? Um, you know, your book is called I Choose Brave. So like, when do you feel okay. bravest? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm careful with feeling to be deceiving at times, not to completely disregard them because I want to acknowledge them and align them with truth. Um, there are times, so I, I'm naturally kind of a disciplined person. So it's easy for me to become a list checker, right? I want to get up in the morning. I want to get in the word. I want to study and check it off my list. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons of life where that's really challenging. I have four kids. They're older now. They're eight through 15. But when they were really young, Sometimes they would get up early in the morning, just crazy early and mess up my whole plan for how I'm going to get this done, right? And I could feel that in my heart, just like, uh, they're already up. And um, just a wrestle with the Lord, like, I want to spend time with you, but these kids are crazy. They're waking up at all kinds of times and stuff. And I remember one specific day, it was just a super sweet day in my home. You know how we have those days that are awful, but we have days that are really good. And everything is, is just like turning on all cylinders and we're worshiping the Lord and I'm taming my tongue and it's just a great day. And then I looked back at the end of the day and realized I had never had my quiet time with the Lord that day. And I thought, that's so funny that I just had the sweetest day and not saying that we can disregard that or not, but sometimes I think we believe our nearness 
to God is caught up in the checklist of did I do this and did I do this and did I do this? And it was a realization to me that his presence and his goodness is available to me whether I'm checking everything off the list or not. Mm -hmm. It's really just being dependent and surrendered to where he is. And I'm in the season where it's nutty and that's fine. And there are different seasons where like now where I have a a more consistent quiet time and kids don't want to get up early around here anymore. So they'll allow me more time. Oh, good. You're saying there's hope in that. (laughs) There's so much hope. Good to know. Teenagers, it's wonderful. Yes. But so when I feel bravest and closest to him, just when my heart is surrendered to what he has, it's giving full authorship and authority to him. Like, this is what my day is. This is what my season is. And you know it, Lord. So I'm going to trust you with it, whether that looks like all the spiritual disciplines or very, very few of them. It's more about surrender. And that's when I feel closest to him. And that's when I feel courage to move about in the world and his goodness and his strength. Yeah, no, that's such a good, um, I love you say, like you didn't have your quiet time that day. I'm very much like you in the lists and the checking things off. And like, I definitely, it, I mean, it does make a huge difference, like set the tone of your day, like with that time with God and like that space in your brain before kids wake up and all of that. But to say that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have these beautiful moments and days and memories when that doesn't happen. Like it's a good reminder for us type A people. Um, Katie, tell us a little bit more, um, if you wouldn't mind about your book, give me a little bit uh, more of a glimpse of what somebody who would read your book, what do you want them to walk away with? What are some of your favorite uh, either stories or points or or things that you've written about um, this from your heart that um, that you you just really are excited for women to hear? Yeah. Well, I think there's no greater treasure no greater important message that I could convey than just knowing him. And I think we can lose that sometimes in all of the messaging and even, even our own, like the magnetism toward courage. We feel that because we are designed for, we are created for him, but we get these, we get these messages that kind of get five degrees shy of North and the world starts convincing us that confidence and courage comes from elsewhere. It comes from a really good lipstick and maybe a great hair color, like, you know, it comes from our clothes. It comes from all these other things. And I don't want to be distracted by any of those things other than him. So we begin with realizing that fear is real. Okay. It's a real thing we deal with. If you're going to jump into an ocean full of sharks and swim there, you're going to feel that. And there are physical effects of that. So we're not going to marginalize that, but we're going to look at that for what it is. He created this. What did you create me to fear, Lord? And then we look in scripture as the only one worth fearing. What does it have to say of that? And then we, we finish the book going through the fruit of fearing him. We are um, promised peace when we fear him, a heritage of those who fear the Lord. Humility, all of those things are a structure of putting and then at the end we close it with freedom because real freedom always comes from fearing the Lord mm-hmm. yeah when you have written you wrote this book I mean this is a process of years um, how has like studying this and writing about it like how has this changed your own life and your own like perspective on things yeah leaders are always learners I mean we know that as a parent so we're kind of learning as we go and sometimes parenting Uh, changes and shapes us as much as we would ever change and shape our kids. And so I would say the same thing happens when writing a book. When I started public many years ago, a friend said to me, I think this is going to help you as as much or more than you help. So true. You're just challenged in what you write about. You're learning and the Lord is guiding you through that. So part of that has just been being willing to share it when 
we learn to fear him and we know where our strength and our identity comes from, then we have the freedom to go about and talk about it. And it's not freedom from failure. Like I'm still learning to walk in so many things. So will I trip and fall when I'm learning to walk just like a toddler? Absolutely, I will. But I'm free from being I'm free from being crushed by that because my identity is not tied up in that. So if I trip and fall on a podcast or I trip and fall when I'm um, doing different things, we have to learn. But but my identity is not tied up in that. So that's the freedom to go out and live this message, and that's it's grace. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, Katie. What would you say the biggest thing um, is that God has set you free from? Uh, free that the pit of fear. Mm-hmm. So it's not a fearlessness, but just the pit that that can tangle you up in. You can be stagnant. You can't move forward because of that. You can't, um, you're not free in relationships because you're free of what everyone else is thinking or everyone else's expectations. So that pit, you can be swirling in that for many years and through many seasons. So it's not, um, it's not that things don't scare me, but the reflexes change and I'm, I'm quicker to adapt and say, okay, this is how I feel, but this is who you are here. So, so that pit that we can swirl around in for a long time is, is no longer somewhere I get caught up. That's encouraging. Um, I've been in that place too before and I've been out of it. And to have that freedom of knowing that you can be in it, but it doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't have to clump on and like hold you down forever is um, encouraging Mm -hmm. because when you're in that place, it, it feels like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Katie, thank you so much just for sharing um, just what God has been speaking to you and working on you in your own life and for sharing these things with women. Um, Where can we follow along uh, what you're up to? Where can we get your book? Yeah, you can find me at katiewestenberg.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram as I Choose Brave. And the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, basically wherever books are sold. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. Uh, Thank you, Becky. It was a pleasure to be here. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.